This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a two-year low. There are, of course, complex He was the big spender. The big spender. Doing the grocery shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and I'm joined... Joined, I should say, as always, by my little brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Welcome, Thomas. <laughs> G'day, Adam. How are we doing? <laughs> Good, thank you. Uh, man, what a week. What a week. I think uh, I think Twitter summed up my thoughts this week uh, with this quote, where they said, In my three days of trading, never have I seen anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is exactly how I'm feeling. Uh, I am, of course, talking about the uh, the GameStop, Reddit, Wall Street madness that uh, that we saw this past week, um, where share prices of GameStop went through the roof. So they started. Um, I think they ended the week 400% up, but at one point they were 1,600% up from where they started the week. Um, absolutely ludicrous scenes. Now. Thomas, if I could, uh, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to try and give a recap, right? I'm going to try and recap uh, exactly what, well, not exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. In in my view, what's going on in, on on Wall Street mm-hmm. this week? You f- um, fill in any gaps where I got it wrong. All right. So basically, um, there's a company called GameStop, right? They're a bricks and mortar video game store. They've just been generally sucking as most bricks and mortar stores have been. Not not dissimilar to a blockbuster video store, tanking for a long time, and so all the hedge funds, right? All the hedge funds in the US, they all they all, they all started going. All right, this company's going nowhere. We're going to short GameStop, and maybe we'll get into what shorting is in a minute. But essentially, they were saying we're going to take a punt that this stock is going to go down in value, and so all these hedge funds got together, and they all not got together. They all started shorting the GameStop share share price, so so the share price to go down, and then seemingly out of nowhere, uh, a subreddit on the internet forum Reddit started some murmurs around GameStop and some that this was like a really shorted fund and maybe this wasn't the best thing for GameStop and maybe not the best thing for, if you believe Reddit, the best thing for humanity. So they said, you know what, what we should do is we should see if we can just push that, get that stock up a bit. Um, so they got a little bit of momentum. They started pushing the stock up. Uh, they all started buying into it to push the stock up uh, using the platforms like Robinhood and other other sort of retail trading platforms. That got a little bit of momentum. And then Elon Musk decided he was going to get involved and he sent out a tweet <laughs> which said, Game Stonk. And at that point, the GameStop share price has just 
skyrocketed <laughs> based on one Elon Musk tweet who I'm pretty sure he's just decided to get involved just to mess with people because he's, why wouldn't you? He's the richest man in the world. He's sitting around. He's like, oh, I'm going to have some fun. I bought some hats for my dog and now I'm going to get involved in this, uh, in this Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit forum. So he sent out a tweet. The share price of GameStop's gone through the roof. Everyone's cheering on Reddit because now these hedge funds uh, have been caught in what's known as a short squeeze where they're now looking at debt to the tune of like billions, right? Absolute billions of dollars. And now there's a standoff. From what I can tell, there's a standoff between, I guess we'll call it Main Street, which is the retail investors, and Wall Street. So Wall Street need to kind of they need the share price to go down, right? Because they need to, to cover off their shorts. Some of them, I think, have already had to cover off and have lost a packet in the process. Um, but Main Street are kind of holding the line and they're like, we're not selling. Uh, we're just going to leave our stock there in the hope that it just screws over more and more of Wall Street. So first of all, did I miss anything? Uh, no, that's a pretty good summary. You probably add there that it, that uh, Robin Hood in the middle of the week stopped its users from buying any more GameStop or a bunch of companies in that sort of like the, the short right. list. Right, yeah, they did, yeah. Um, yep. Which then sent Reddit and people into into a frenzy saying it's sort of they they were at the doing the bidding of Wall Street and shutting down legitimate trade just to protect Wall Street and which, you know, was the whole, it goes against the thesis of Robin Hood. Um, so that was a big story. And then, but then two days later, they, they let people start trading them again. So Yeah. So, well, was that the case? Did Robin Hood shut it down at the behest of Wall Street or did they, were, there was some other, like it turned out a couple of days later, there was like a, there was some technical reason, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So their, their clearinghouse that they use, which I think is they use in-house, it's a little bit, complicated it didn't used to be but now it's in-house but um they needed there's so much volatility in the in the share price that they needed more capital to cover that and i think it was like 10 times as much and so um robin hood kind of just said oh we, we literally can't process this much GameStop trade and i think you sent me a link saying like half of robin hood users have a whole mm. GameStop right now so yeah you know? it's insane mm. you know the funniest thing though with the with the whole robin hood thing the funniest thing was that um, – so Robinhood is like a, a retail trading app, right? It's kind of brought the whole um, stock market to your to your iPhone, you know, in app form. You can just buy and sell stocks like you're um, ordering from Amazon or whatever. Well, now there's a <laughs> – now, there, now there's another app on the scene which is called Do Not Pay and it's described as the world's first robot lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> And all the people, all the people who are using Robin Hood that got peeved, the class action against Robin Hood <laughs> is being run through the world's first robot lawyer app called Do Not Pay. This, this app, it's described as the world's first robot lawyer on their website. They said you can use it too and bullet points, fight corporations, beat bureaucracy, <laughs> find hidden money. Sue anyone <laughs> and automatically cancel your free trials. <laughs> oh, all the things you want a robot to do for you. <laughs> wow. Uh, incredible. So, yeah, it's, it's just this kind of 
this thing, this, I don't know, it's come full circle where Robin Hood lured so many people onto this through this slick app interface. It's so it's so rich in irony that now they're being sued <laughs> by the world's first robot lawyer. <laughs> oh, they just don't want to pay yeah. for anything. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so getting back to getting back to the story. So, um, and well aware this has been covered. If you've been in anywhere on the internet in the last few days, then you, you're going to see this story everywhere. Um, so, by the time this episode gets dropped, it's probably going to be even more well covered. But we're going to try and uh, bring some, uh, bring maybe some a few different angles to you. But first of all, I did just want to cover off um, what is a short squeeze. Yeah. So, well, a short is as you're saying, like, is a punt that. Um, a stock is going to go down. You mm. t- you're taking you're taking that bet, um, and the way that works in practice is that you borrow the stock from a broker, and then you sell it straight away. So you've now sold the stock at the price of the current market price, and you owe your broker one stock. And if the trade if the, if it goes in your favour and the price goes down, you then rebuy the stock at the lower price give the um give your broker back the the stock that you've borrowed and pocket the difference right the danger is obviously that the trade it, it goes against you and the price goes up and so like mm. if you if you <laughs> it goes up 1600 yeah. <laughs> it's the big risk <laughs> um yeah so like if you yeah if you bought it at you know you borrowed the stock sold the stock at the time at ten dollars and it goes up to 12 and then you've now you still owe the, your broker a stock, so you've got to buy it back at twelve dollars, um, give the broker back the stock, and you've lost two dollars. The th- the thing with it is that there's no there's no upside there's no upside limit to how much you can possibly lose if a if a short trade goes against you. So as you're saying, if it goes up sixteen hundred percent, you know they probably were shorting the stock when it was back around eight dollars eight ten dollars or something now yeah they've so they've borrowed the stock they they, they owe their broker a stock but the stock price now is five hundred dollars or whatever i think it's 325 us at the last time i looked but so yeah so they're losing you know 300 odd dollars on every every stock that they owe their broker um so it gets it gets huge what can happen like they can get margin called in the same way that you know leverage traders can get margin called where the bank says hey you've got a lot of liabilities here and not a lot of cash held against it we're getting nervous you need to top up your capital here or something and give us a bit of extra money or close out your position um Mm. that can happen to short traders as well but then what happens is that they then need to go and buy buy stock to close out their position so they they become they start adding heat to the demand side of that equation. So they're out there in the market trying to buy more stock, and if people aren't selling the stock, then that just bids the price higher and higher, and then more short sellers get squeezed and have to start set, you know close out their position. So they start needing to buy more and more, and you kind of create this sort of avalanche dynamic where mm. more that they're trying to close out more and more, and the price keeps going higher and higher. And that's why people were saying hold the line. Or this is sort of the <laughs> on the reddit things they like don't sell to them don't let them close out the position because it just keeps pushing the price higher and higher right they said a lot of things there right reddit they did, <laughs> they um, did. <laughs> there was the one i like that everyone started yelling i like the stock um which i think was to try and avoid being 
caught by the SEC for collusion. They were all like, "No, this is just <laughs> we're not we're not ganging up. We all like the stock." <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's, that that's also really fascinating because you know collusion and or pooling investing, like to get together and to buy stuff, is mm. illegal. And I think is it Jordan Belafort, the Wolf of Wall Street, was on there saying like, "This is exactly what my company used to do. We used to get together and." Um, try and right. push a, push the price higher. Um, so yeah, so there, so there's a, there's a question about whether it's illegal. And if someone, if you know, if there was a ringleader behind this, if that gets uncovered, and they had gone long a year ago, and then had sort of somehow instigated this movement, that would be collusion, and they could they could do jail time for that. But it's also a, sort of an ir- irony because what is a hedge fund? A hedge fund is an organisation that pulls together investors' money and then goes mm. and takes positions in the market. <laughs> so it's a little bit like, well, where are we drawing the line here? Like, Well, I get, well, yeah, I guess, but they're not, um, maybe the hedge fund, like the, the managers of the hedge fund aren't, they'd get into trouble if they like bought the stock and then went out to their hedge fund members and said, now we're all going to buy the stock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it would be the first time that's happened. Yeah. True. So oh, it's interesting. Um, so we're talking about shorting and the short squeeze. What I have found interesting is there's been a lot of uh, ill sentiment towards short sellers. Like, is short mm. selling somehow kind of immoral? Is it? Is it unethical? Is it the kind of share market equivalent of Trevor Chapel? bowling underarm in a one-day game is it like like people seem to be like yeah we got those those nasty short sellers like but they're just they're just picking up direction aren't they they're, yeah that's right they are they are i mean there's another angle to it is that there are some agencies like who will go and research a stock short the stock and then publish a bunch of research that that trashes the company right with an F, you know, with a, to say like, this company's rubbish, it's, you know, it's defrauding its customers, whatever, and then the price crashes. And if they, they've successfully, you know, and so if, they, if they can do that through publishing their research, there's nothing to stop anyone publishing research, mm. then they, the company price tanks and they make a mozza. You know, so there's like a question about how, like sometimes that's a really useful thing to be doing in the market. Like sometimes those sellers have uncovered companies that were actually just doing dodgy stuff right sometimes the the short sellers themselves are doing dodgy stuff and are just trashing a perfectly good company and so it's seen as a bit bit funny and it's, it's interesting that elon musk is getting involved in this because there's been a lot of short sellers of tesla tesla shares <laughs> and a lot of people writing reports about how tesla's overhyped and it's not worth anything like what it should what it's currently trading at and the company's crap and elon's an idiot and all this sort of stuff so elon's like having a time of his life i think like he published a tweet saying get shorty which i thought was, <laughs> thought was cute um you know but i think that's why he's on he's picked this side of the fight one he's you know he's positioning himself as a countercultural hero mm. but two he's like he's got he's happy to see short sellers take a bath but the other thing is that it's what we're talking about hedge funds and hedge funds are typically they're the biggest fish in the in the pond um making billions of dollars and you know playing both sides of the trades and um no one's got a lot of love for them. They're, you know, they're always making a mozza typically. Right. I mean, yeah, because it, it's interesting. Like, I mean, it just seemed to me like people were having to go at these hedge funds um, because they were trying to make money. And I, I just feel like 
there's very few people surely that are in the stock market for any other reason than to make money. Whether you're buying a stock to go long, to hope it will go up, you're not doing it as some philanthropic adventure to, you know, mm. gee, I, I really hope Coles sell lots of groceries. Um, I just generally support capitalism. <laughs> That's my position. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, but I get it. If if they if they're shorting and they're and then they're like, oh no, we're about to be caught out, and they've got enough enough weight in the market to be to be then going and releasing research and then flooding the internet with stories about how this company that they've shorted and trying to keep it down, then yeah, that's not that's not cool. So I mean, and I I, I think it did get a little heated because Melvin Capital, which was one of the big companies that had big short positions in GameStop. Mm and got hammered as you know seems to have lost billions of dollars um there was some good news that came out for gamestop like they got a new ceo um a new board sort of good management team in place and on the day of that announcement doubled down on their short selling and so it seemed to be it, right. like it kind of it kind of started to look like the company's fortunes were changing the short bet was looking less favorable and so they doubled down in an effort to sort of like you know throw out a bit of fud right you know kind of create muddy the waters make it look like you know when when there's people taking big bets that the stock's going to price it makes other investors stop and think like oh maybe you know maybe i shouldn't get involved here um so it was that was i think created some of like the the heat in the in the rivalry that emerged but it's also like, I mean, it's interesting because the it where it came from, the original thesis was put together by someone with a handle called Deep F and Value, and it was a really solid investment thesis. He was looking at GameStop. Um, he said, like, we've got this new management team. They the CEO had, was the former CEO of Chewy, which is like a dog online dog food thing. So I had a lot of experience in uh, online retail. He got his management board in place. Um, they were taking, yeah, so they, were, they had good, good prospects for taking it digital. Um, their online sales were up 300% in the December quarter. Things were sort of on the up and up. So there was a good thesis there for why the short wasn't going wasn't to play out. Plus you had 130% of the shares uh, shorted, which means like there was, it was very likely you could get a short squeeze dynamic kick in. Um, and so there was a really good investment thesis in place before the, the the second round of short selling came came in. Yeah, right, cool. All right, so let's just pause there for a second. We'll take a break in here, grab a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. 
Hey, welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist. We are talking hedge funds, Wall Street bets, uh, Reddit, short squeezes. And Thomas, the company at the center of all this is a company called GameStop, which we were talking about. Uh, GameStop's share price has rocketed after it was heavily shorted. Um, but you're saying maybe there is some kind of investment thesis for GameStop. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that was definitely the case, and then that was that was put forward. And I think it's it's interesting. Like there's there's almost two plays happening here. The the first is a value play, mm. and the second is a short squeeze. And so there were people. There was a good investment thesis building. Like they had the company had a few things, good things going in its favor. It signed a some sort of distribution deal with Xbox. So it was, it was starting to turn around. It started to look like maybe it was undervalued. So there's a difference between value investing and, and growth investing. And value investing is when you get down into the nuts and bolts of the company um, and its financials and its prospects and kind of really unpack the value held in the company. Um, and so it was it was shaping as, you know, and it's always a, there's an art to picking a value stock. But there were some people, particularly in the Reddit community, that were saying that GameStop was a value a value stock. That it also then had it was heavily shorted. <laughs> the, I wouldn't I wouldn't go off too much about what people were saying in the Wall Street bets Reddit community as investing advice. I mean, I take it in this in this scenario there was a thesis. These are the same people that picked mm. Hertz, um, Hertz yeah. and a bunch of other um, a bunch of other stocks that have absolutely gone nowhere. The the, the community is known for speculative just just wild pitches at at whatever stock takes their fancy so yeah yeah but yeah and it's interesting because the media when they latched onto this story so ah, this is just another hertz they're backing a bricks and mortar retailer like they're in, in a dying industry gaming's going online what a what a bunch of idiots they're just they're having a laugh um but while that does happen i don't think that was the case that wasn't what's driving driving uh gamestop and, you know, Scott Galloway talks about like physical stores are a moat. Like you look at Apple stores or, or Nike, like they've really built the, the, what he calls like the brand temple into their business case. And so for a digital retailer, like they've already got the bricks and mortar there. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe, maybe that's a good mm. thing that they've, they've got all this bricks and mortar outlets. I don't know. But whatever the case. So that there was a value play there that then combined with the short squeeze. And, and then we got into sort of to really sort of hypey territory you know, and the short squeeze has that potential to send things, you know, the price exponential. What's interesting, I think, is you've, you've then got people looking at like, okay, what's the next GameStop? And they're looking at AMC, the cinemas, they're looking at Bed Bath and Beyond, they're looking at Tootsie Rolls Industries <laughs> or something. Nokia, Nokia and Blackberry came into it as well. Yeah, that's true. That's mm. true. They said, they, that someone, I read somewhere, um, some guy was like, it's like um, people were like walking around the mall 20 years ago and just buying whatever stocks <laughs> whatever <laughs> stocks were at the mall <laughs> 20 years ago it's a great idea for an ETF yeah <laughs> 1994 mall <laughs> I actually had Nokia stocks about 5 years ago and got rid of them cuz they were worth nothing but there you go yeah yeah but essentially but I think you like if you look at those the the activity around those none of that's being driven by a value story as far as i can tell that's purely speculative let's get on the other side of a of a short squeeze kind of kind of play because they've all they've all kind of gone up and then down again 
have they this week this yeah week, in the past yeah. week yeah so yeah, they all yeah, they were sort yeah. of pumped up a bit and then just fell off whereas whereas GameStop is seemingly holding pretty high i mean we're recording mm. this on sunday night uh 31st of january and so we haven't really ha- we haven't had any action since friday uh or saturday morning friday night us time um so it's hard to say what the next kind of couple of days is going to bring but mm. it seems like there's there's at least some motivation there from the retail from Main Street, as you call them, um, to hold the stock. It, it, I mean, it's, it's interesting on that that you know the, there was one hundred and thirty percent of the tradable stocks were shorted. Yeah, you know, before this really took off, mm. I think I saw some guy saying like, on, as of Friday, one hundred and two percent has been shorted, and saying like, what what's happening? He thinks is not that the hedge funds haven't that got burnt badly, haven't closed out their positions. They've said that they have whether they have or not, you know, who knows. But the, the, there are other hedge funds coming in to take their place. So when they, when yeah, of course. GameStop gets to $500, there's companies going like, okay, there is absolutely no way GameStop's worth $500. I'm going to short it at that price. They've so got, They've got the bricks and mortar moat though. They're quite... That's, that's pretty, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty Difficult solid moat. Across. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so this, but the idea that... Um, Main Street has defeated the short sellers or defeated the hedge funds in this it is just not true. Like mm. there have been some com- like hedge funds that have got seriously burnt in all this, mm. um, but hedge funds are still there. They're still shorting the stock. Yeah, you, right. You know, still the market's still working like it normally works, like it's meant to. Yeah, and, and and the other thing, the other thing that's interesting, I think, in this Main Street versus Wall Street narrative that's emerging is that at some point, you know, imagine the main street wins the battle wins mm. the war that people are talking about and all the hedge funds get out of gamestop and so they're out and you're only left with retail mm. investors what are the shares actually worth my bet it's not 325 us my bet is definitely not 500 dollars us what is it so like it's definitely sub 100 you'd think like mm. who knows probably you know it was trading at eight maybe it's 20 maybe the thesis is awesome and once the short sellers gone maybe it's 20 but what happens to everyone who bought in in the last week who bought in at 200 300 us like they're going to take a bath on that and so yeah, I'm just saying. Like, there, there, there are casualties on main, for Main Street as well. Once this is over, like, you know, the people who got in early, like anything, it's like the people who got in early in this sort of this bubbly run, they'll they'll walk away with the money. But it relies on some people at some point losing money. True, but there's a there's a because I've heard this a lot. Everyone's like, oh, it's not going to end well. It's all going to end in tears for Main Street. They don't know what they're doing there. They're just going off the, off the internet. Um, but I think there's a large chunk of people, at least, and I've seen them, people that I know, they're, they're in my Instagram feed, Facebook feed, that are like, yeah, I'm getting on board. I'm just going to buy because you can buy partial shares now. You don't have to buy GameStop. You don't have to buy a whole share even at $325 US. You can buy... I'm just going to buy $10. There are people who are just excited to be part of the movement and just like, what are we doing? We're kicking it to the 1%. Yeah, I'm in. All right. <laughs> like, I remember I went to, I went to Morphville race course once and I, I put $10 on uh, Black Caviar to win, right? Black Caviar, one of the, the greatest racehorses in the history of, of horse racing. Black Caviar was paying $1.08. So I put $10 on Black Caviar to win. And I didn't, put it on to win in the sense that 
I wanted to go and collect my winnings at the end because what, what do I get, 80 cents? Like I'm not going up to a well-respected, like self-respecting bookie and saying, can I have my 80 cent profit, please? I did it because, because Black Caviar is one of the greatest horses to ever exist and I just wanted to have a ticket that I could put in a box in my house and so I could show my kids one day, which is never going to happen. They're not interested in horse racing. Um, yeah. But I thought it was like a little souvenir and I reckon there's, there's going to be a heap of people that are just like, yeah, we're, we're like part of a movement. We're like, it's a fundamental change in the whole market. We're, we're all part of this thing and I want to be involved. So, how do I do it? I mean, I don't know. Like, mm. you would have seen Stake was offline for a while. So, mm. Stake, the US trading service, that crashed, was offline due to all the volatility. Uh, Robin Hood stopped trading. Like, there's just... Like I think GameStop was the most traded stock in the mm. uh, in the US stock market last week, and yeah. that's surely that's just weight of numbers of people just going. I'm getting in. I don't I don't care. And so, so I don't I don't necessarily buy the narrative that people are going to be left crying. I mean, there are some people who have gone and done some stupid stuff, <laughs> like you know they're like taking leverage to buy GameStop and whatever. Like that's not that's. Not, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, gar- I guarantee at the end of it, the press will be running the story about someone who's lost their house because they bought GameStop at the wrong time because they've got an agenda to sort of talk yeah, of it down course. as well. And there will be people who've, who've, who've gone crazy and bought in at the wrong time. But um, but I think there'll be a lot of people that are, I think there's an un- we underestimate the number of people that might just be happy to be involved in something like this at whatever price that's comfortable for them. Like, you go, well, yeah, I'll chuck f- 50 bucks in. So, it's a, so like... People with no idea what they're doing, believing in some kind of revolutionary overthrow of the capitalist system, happy to be involved. Sounding a little bit like crypto. Yeah. Ooh, zinger. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen what Dogecoin is doing this week. Because <laughs> didn't Elon tweet about Dogecoin as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elon had his fingerprints on that one. I don't too. even know how to say it. Is it Dogecoin or is it yeah, Dogecoin? Dogecoin. I don't. It's an internet knows. meme that turned into a coin, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Aussie, Aussie was behind that one. Oh, really? Up, yeah, up you go, Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I guess to wrap it up a little bit. So, what is? I am interested to know. Get your thoughts as an economist on what this means for the share market as a whole. So, on Friday we saw. The ASX dropped 2%, seemingly in response to... Because the ASX just seems to do whatever the US market does, right? And the US market dropped 2%. Like, is this just like a whole bunch of nervousness? Like, is everyone sitting in... Like, you know, if you've ever been at the footy and like the game's really tense and then a fight breaks out, (laughs) you're like, I feel like this might be the first fight, not the last fight that's going to break out in this stand. Come on, kids. Let's... let's (laughs) Let's pack it up. Uh, let's get out of here. Like, is it just that kind of thing? Is that what's going on? It's, it's, there's an interesting... I mean, I, I feel like I've picked up a, a turn of the weather um, in the commentary, a lot more referencing 1999 just before the dot-com bubble burst. A lot of people say, you know, like, it's sort of like it's the hallmark of, of, of a bubble is that the stuff just gets really crazy and really wacky things are happening and everyone's going like okay and kind of like for the i think for the serious money they're like they're riding that up they're happy to ride for a while but it's some they're they're watching it and going like okay i'm going to get out 
when things start to get a bit crazy, like your like your punter at the cricket, it's mm. kind of exactly that. And I reckon people are starting to look at look at this and go like, "This is this is pretty nuts." Like, <laughs> if you were waiting for crazy, if you were like, "I'm going to use crazy as a signal that I'm going to get out," <laughs> this is the one, isn't it? This is the signal. Yeah. yeah, but I actually I actually think I actually think that was overhyped. I think the media like took it as a Wall Street bets comedy play, like let's mm. just do something crazy, let's bid up this rubbish retailer. And I don't think it was that. There was an investment thesis at at the start of it. it did, we did definitely get into hype territory. It's definitely overblown, but. Yeah, there was there was a solid thesis behind it. There was a good explanation for why the price went exponential because of the short squeeze dynamics. Mm. Um, I think you know once things settle down a bit this week. I mean, whenever this story, like it could run another week. Like maybe the hedge funds haven't closed out their position; they're just trying to ride it out. Maybe it could run another week or two. But I think at the end of it I th- my feeling is we'll look back and go like oh yeah people will look back and go like oh yeah that there's stuff that made sense in that it wasn't all just crazy it wasn't just p- purely right. ludicrous behavior um because you know there was there are some unusual dynamics in there like the 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 revolutionary flavor of it that's coming into it the way that it's ad- acting as a lightning rod for this this discontent with the way capitalism funnels money to the one percent to the hedge funds and all that the way it's become a lightning rod for that mm. is really interesting but I, th- I think i think it'll will settle down after uh, after this and be like it, it's all right but you never know like maybe it, it does a tipping point everyone's nervous everyone there is a lot more commentary saying like oh, the market is looking pretty bubbly valuations look stretched when's when's the right time to get out is it time to get out mm. like that that's that's not a scientific question that's an art question and it's the when the herd turns you can always look back and and explain it after the fact but in the moment you, you never know what the tipping point is going to be mm. yeah it's interesting so I, like some people have said this is kind of this is the blueprint now we've proven the model we're like um, you know, is this a repeatable thing now, or can a hedge funds able to defend against it in the future somehow? I mean, they could just not take short positions, but is this a proven model now, or is is this just a kind of flash in the pan one off? Uh, I tend to think it's flash in the pan. I think I think hedge funds we will be there's a new aware there's a new player on the block, which is the unpredictable social media driven mm. investor herd. That's a new phenomenon. We haven't had that before. Um, and it's gonna, and it's it's a real wild card. Like when it when that herd moves, it does really weird and un- unusual things that the markets like is difficult to to protect against. I think I think short sellers will be very nervous now. Like mm. you know, I think I think you might they might start screening on the you know i think gamestop the other thing gamestop had going for it is that there was a lot of nostalgia for gamestop and for the world that that it represented mm. and for you know for a lot of traders probably had spent a lot of time at game at gamestop and were trading trading games and so had a connection with that brand <laughs> one guy one guy said he made more money from gamestop this week than in all his years of trading in games at gamestop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so like, so it had I think that was another factor. It had the little bit of nostalgia element. We, people were willing to go into bet to bat for it and to like mm. throw a bit of money at it. And go like, oh yeah, good on your GameStop. I, I still like. <laughs> Get in there, son. Go on, off, off you go, GameStop. 
Yeah. Whereas, like, I don't, yeah, so I don't know. I wonder if that's going to be a factor for hedge funds going forward. Like, mm. and like, oh, I'm not going to take on Nintendo in case all, like, the, like, Nintendo heads come after me with, you know, like, I don't know, maybe that's going to be a factor. But, yeah, but there's definitely a wild card now with, with these players in the market. So it'll be interesting to see how, how the market adjusts to, to that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to know. Crazy times indeed. I think, uh, I think absolutely watch this space would be uh, the only advice that we could give at the moment because it um, seems like it's, the story is just changing every day. And I think once the market's open again on, on Monday, I would, uh, I'm no expert, but I would expect to see some crazy times resume once again. Um, so, all right, as always, Thomas, thank you for your insight again this week. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, we did kind of uh, we did we did wedge this episode in there because it was it's such a, an interesting topic and and such a, a kind of funny and <laughs> topic to to get our heads around. We've enjoyed getting our heads around. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show this week. Um, tune in next week. We're going to be talking. Uh, we're going to be talking Google and having a look at what's happening with uh, Google potentially pulling out search from Australia, which is you know talk about crazy. Who would have thought we might see that one day? So thanks again for listening. Don't forget you can send us your comments, questions, uh, feedback to comedian, uh, what is it, <laughs> cve at equitymates.com.au or, of course, visit the website equitymates.com.au forward slash cve. Thanks again. We look forward to you joining us again next time. This podcast proudly brought to you by Equitymates Media. Always remember, all information contained in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to our disclaimer page where you can find resources to search for a registered financial professional near you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. 
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save 